0: Oh, control your mind, control your life. Think different theory, baby. It's what we do.
1: And we are live with a Mark Wahlberg looking. I feel like you're like Mark Wahlberg meets Chris Hemsworth mixed.
0: What's up, Listen, man? Man, if I've gotten it once, I've gotten to I don't I don't, I don't see the Mark Wahlberg, but man. You don't I'll
1: tell see you that the Mark Nick, Wahlberg?
0: That and Nick Lachey.
1: Okay. I can see it though. I see more Mark Wahlberg. That's fair. I'll I, take it. I, um, it. I was stalking you a little bit on, uh, Facebook and this, yeah. and this photo here came up Yeah, and I was like, Whoa, Mark. Oh, that's not Mark Wahlberg. I literally yeah. from a far away distance, dude, you can pull off a Mark Wahlberg. I, I'll take it, man. Any day
0: of the week. I'll take it.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, his real name is uh, Cody Jefferson and, um, he's the, what you say the mentor, the mentor behind the the leaders and the entrepreneurs that are going to change the world. Right?
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. That's it. I love it. I love it. How you been, dude? Brother, I'm good. I mean, listen, it's been a, it's been a tense climate on the, the landscape of social media, right? In, in the landscape, that in the area that we occupy. What but, are you uh, talking about, dude?
1: It's been all right? love, love and rainbows and butterflies <laughs> over here. Everybody loves me. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: But listen, here, here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in this house, we're good, right? Like, we're doing great. Kids are in school, loving life, living a mask-free life. Are you mask-free? So. We're mask free man I hate
1: you so much dude I in, I'm yeah. in um Denver well outside of Denver I'm in Broomfield I wouldn't be stupid enough to live inside the city of a city limits of Denver but uh yeah. it's crazy here dude like the Is other it? oh it's in, the other day I was at Starbucks and I do mobile orders because who would wait in line right sure. and go in and uh there's like I don't know probably like 5 or 6 people in line waiting to pick up their drink so I you know, I go over there and like five minutes goes, I have my mask on right out. Like five minutes goes by and there's like a big sign. It's like all people must wear masks unless you're sitting at a table. Right. Then of course, then, you know, if you're in a restaurant, yeah. so I go and I sit down at a table cause I'm waiting for my drink. I take off my mask, pull out my phone. Cause I'm at a table. And I kid you not, this lady comes up to me and is like, Hey, Hey, like top of her lungs. There's like 20 people in the restaurant. Like everybody, like, Hey, excuse me, excuse me. Ex-, like clapping in my face, snapping my, would you at least put your mask on? Hello. And I'm like will not respond to her right like I'm just looking ahead I'm like don't engage don't engage don't engage like like blood pressure just go down go down (laughs) right right because I'm like I'm about to snap like this is insane and so I pick up my mask and I put it back on and I'm like oh my gosh right (laughs) like this is insane so yeah people here are freaking out
0: yeah so you know Oklahoma's fairly conservative. we're obviously a red state yeah Um, not to get super political into it but You know, our, our governor, uh, from the very beginning was like, we're going to follow the recommendations of the CDC, but that said, you know, um, you know, we're also going to
1: use two, two, two brain cells of logic. We're going to
0: use common sense here. Right. Um, you know, we've got an immune compromised daughter. My wife has two autoimmune diseases. Like if anybody is susceptible, our family is susceptible, but we also understand science. And so, you know, like our church, we go to church every Sunday. 2,500, 3,000 people, and that's open. You know,
1: that's allowed there.
0: Open, yep. Yeah. We don't. Uh, you can wear a mask if you want to, yeah. right? I mean, it's a, listen. It's a it's a peaceful protest for Jesus. So.
1: <laughs> well, well, what what, what was it? Uh, if you it, is you, you're allowed to be outside as long as it's in the form of a protest or something,
0: right? That's it. So I that's was it. like,
1: so, so sweet. Let's let's just let's protest. I don't know. Come over. Bring barbecue, we'll all go in the backyard and we'll, we'll protest something. So
0: the thing that we say, we have people over every single weekend. Like I've got, listen, I've got my pit boss smoker. I'm a, I am love smoking meat. I mean, again, this is Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, and So we just say like every weekend, everyone is welcome. Anybody who wants to come, our neighbors. I mean, we're just that yeah, family. Yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, it is, we are having a peaceful protest against veganism. Right. This is amazing. So I want to, co-
1: I want to come over just because that's what, that's, that's, uh, that's
0: what we're protesting. That's, that's, that's what we're protesting. That's amazing. You can, live a, you can live your plant-based lifestyle. That's fine. My wife does, but we are protesting against it with smoking meat.
1: Gotcha. So wait, so it your wife, your wife is plant-based.
0: Yeah. And you, but you can't eat with a mask
1: on. Right. Mm. So mm. just one of those things. That's funny. That's too funny. Yeah. Do the political landscape, the social media landscape. Uh, is, everybody's an expert. It's not even that every I mean yes everybody's an expert but on top of that it's like nobody like nobody is trying to see the other side.
0: You know what's fascinating like that's that's exactly right. You know I've been I've been in the business of walking with people for two decades now, right? So I was a pastor for 13 years and through that season we saw a lot of, you know, political conversation. There was a lot of conversation within uh, the different uh, denominations of church that I work with, with certain social issues, right? And there was always two sides of the fence. I can remember when there, you know, there was a legalization of same-sex marriage, and there were all of, like, there's been all of these things that have happened that could really polarize people. But what was beautiful is that there was always this there was always this idea that you could at least, even if you were on the other side of the fence, you could see the other side. Right. And it has been so fascinating to see the incredible polarization, like the violent polarization of these sides of of conversations, whether that be conversations of, you know, ethnic tensions and racial divides, whether that be political divides or ideologies and sides on this uh, pandemic, pandemic, however you want to see right. it, whatever. So, like, it's fascinating. It's like, it's just how divided and divisive and violent but, it is. And, and
1: it's, it's to the point too, where like, if you try to see the other side, all of a sudden, even the people that you agree with hate you. Like for the other day, like you, you you, know me, I mean, you, we, we've followed yeah. each other on there, right? Like I am pretty pro-Trump, I'm pretty pro-police, I'm pretty pro-law and order, right? Like registered Republican, grew up yeah. in a red state, well, in my teenage years, right? And here I go and I'm like, hey, I think, I'm gonna, we'll do a political issue here, I think Jacob break, uh, Blake broke the law, I think he was, you know, like, shouldn't have been shot seven times, you know, all this right. stuff, whatever. And so then all these people, all the, you know, the left and the Democrats and ever if you would just talk to black people, if you would just, and I'm like, sweet, sounds great. So what do I do? I literally bring on a guy on the podcast. We go, he has a Black Lives Matter flag flying in the background. He's black. He's from Atlanta. And I sit down and I have an intelligent conversation with him. I'm like, yeah. let me hear your side, right? Like, let me hear and understand what you're going through. It was like an hour and a half conversation, really good did he change my mind? No, but he gave me a fresh perspective, right? There was two main things that stuck out. We can talk about those later. That's not the point of this. I get done with that. And like, I'm reading through the comments and I'm reading through my DMS and it is, how could you possibly you piece of, you know, I can't even unfollowed you complete. And I'm like, if you have a problem with the fact that someone who is very clearly outspoken, very clearly understand exactly where I stand, takes the time to go and actually go and see the other side, you can leave. Because what kind of, I don't care if you support Trump, I don't care if you support Joe Biden, if you cannot take the time to go and have a rational conversation with somebody and be like, hmm, let me walk a mile in your shoes. Let me understand where you're thinking about things. Yeah, That seems to be a really big problem to me.
0: Listen, so I made a post uh, about the Rittenhouse, the the young man who killed two people, and, and Kyle Rittenhouse, the yeah, yeah, Kyle. And uh, you know, it, it wasn't the point that he was right or wrong. It was this this idea, this travesty that we feel like we, we've come to the point where a a seventeen year old feels the necessity to go defend because. The people that we've put in place to defend are not defending. Like that's a that's a that's a very very interesting, dangerous, politicizing dark place to be. Right. Right. And and we can talk about like of course he will stay. Just like you know with uh, uh, Blake who was shot seven. Like yeah. can we agree that was inappropriate, excessive, right. and not necessary? Yeah. Nobody disagrees with that. Nobody. Right. Like, everybody will say. Wow, yeah, that was completely- Super over the top. Way over the top, right? And they will have their day in court. I well, will have his day in court.
1: And that's the thing, dude. It's like, everyone was like, the, and I, I saw all these people and, and black people especially w- would post this, right? And I'm just going to, like, everyone can be like, call them African-American, call them black. I'm like, I don't give a crap what you want to call them. I'm calling them black people because they're black and yeah. I'm white and, like, we're human beings, okay? So if you get sure. offended, just leave, okay? Like, yeah. black people posting this a lot and a lot of people that support that side, it was like, the police let Kyle Rittenhouse walk free while shooting him in the back. I'm like, um, I'm sorry. The police did not see Kyle Rittenhouse shoot anybody. Right. Once they did see him, he had his hands up in the air. They asked whether or not people were shot. People said up that way. As soon as they found out that he was a 17-year-old with a gun that had shot two people, they literally went across state lines to track him down, arrested him, charged him with two different felonies, including intentional homicide. He is in jail. I'm sorry, what part of justice did not get served? Like, you know what I mean? And everyone's like, well, if he would have been black, he would have been dead. I'm like, but that doesn't make it it, like justice was served. He like, that is how, what happened with Kyle Rittenhouse is literally how the justice system is supposed to work. Right. Yeah. The police did not see him commit a crime. Therefore they cannot say that, you know? And so it's so freaking frustrating when I'm like guys. And I, I wrote a post. It's so funny. This popped up in my timeline today, three years ago, I wrote a post. It was a picture of Obama and it was a picture of Obama and it was, uh, the, the tweet that he did out, here's the, the, the one of them. Okay. It's him looking yeah. in the window and it was a tweet that went out and he was like, Hey, basically racism is taught. Right. And I'm like, I agree. Right. I didn't like Obama. Right. But I'm like, never in my life have I gone and been like, Oh yeah, you you suck. Like you're terrible because of the color of your skin. i have like, I've never thought that. Right. Sure. My, my parents taught me in that way. And I understand some people are raised that way, but then there's yeah. people like you and I that literally sit down and go I don't care if Kyle Rittenhouse was black or white. I don't care right. if Jacob Blake was black. Like, that is literally the last thing on my mind. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting over here going, we literally, we should just basically be like, we we should just follow the law. And it
0: doesn't really right. matter if they're black or white. And people are like, well, but if he were
1: black, I'm like, but he. Well, and
0: what's funny. So, about that, what's funny about that post is yeah. I was calling out parents. Like, yeah, both I saw sides. that. Yeah, I saw this that. Yeah. Is yeah. Your fault. <laughs> like, for Kyle, you you literally took him across state line like you. You last seventeen you year old guy. <laughs> like that's not good parenting. On the other side of people who are looting and destroying, parents, that's your fault. If my, if I knew my kid, yeah, was somewhere destroying public property as the son or daughter of a business owner themselves, I would go to the ends of hell to find them and beat their and- butt. <laughs> are you kidding me? Right. And I mean, I got things like, you're a horrible human being. How dare you talk about this? And uh, I actually got into a conversation with a guy I've known for a number of years. He was actually one of my youth worship leaders when I was a youth pastor. Uh, Great, great. I mean, he's a man. Now he was a kid. He's a man. Now, like I, and uh, we had a really great dialogue in my messenger. Because he knows me well enough to say, okay, dude, I got to, like, we got to feel this out. Right. And my thing was like, dude, thank you for not just spewing venom. Right, right. And like, let's have a real conversation about this. And so everyone that says something to that effect, I say, hey, listen, I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You want to come grab coffee, sit down? You want to have dinner at my house and we can have a conversation about this? Yeah, come the on. The door is always open. I'll send you my phone. Let's, let's chat. Um, I'm an open book. Yeah. Right? Like. So it's just interesting how, and people will take one thing that you've said, even though you've been consistent for a decade, right? And they, they follow you because they love and respect you so much and they've gained so much value from you. And then one thing that they don't agree with politically, right? Socioeconomically, like we can even say this about business, right? The second that you Josh start to become successful and someone sees you as like an egomaniac, that only cares about money, and that becomes the topic of conversation. It's like, wait a minute, you've known me all this time, but now because I'm becoming successful, now I'm the villain. Okay, in your story, because at the end of the day, we all have this story that we're telling, and everyone needs to play a particular role in order to verify and corroborate the story that we're telling internally. So what I have to recognize and what people have to recognize, regardless of where you stand and regardless of the stand that you take, sometimes people just need to see you in a way that confirms their own suspicions. Yeah.
1: Well, I I think, I think one of the things that's interesting is I feel like, and I'm, I'm generalizing here, right. Both sides. But like, um, like I think like people do think that like complete justice and complete peace and complete unity is possible. And I'm like, it's super not like, you know what I mean? Like it's it's actually not possible. Like world peace is not possible. It's
0: not. Like, well, and what's what's interesting on both sides is you have people of faith who are are thinking that this might be possible. Like, Guys, like if like <laughs> I've got every translation of the Bible that you, you can have, and I've got it in Greek and Hebrew, and I can tell you that the way that it starts, like. Like we've been screwing things up since day the one. Since day one, <laughs> yeah. and it's like
1: it's like the second, and that's uh, the second you put your faith in a political leader to to go through and and change things for right. the better. It's like okay, listen, I did I did a podcast episode of this a while ago. I'm probably gonna re air it before the election. I was like, yeah. here's why I'm voting for T- Donald Trump. Very simply put, all right. I was like, because I actually know that all pol- uh, all politicians suck, and so yeah. I look at what politician is going to give me the best opportunity for me to go out and make the most change in the world for me to live my best life for me to have the most positive impact and to do what I see fit and I look at all political sides and I go hmm Donald Trump clearly sucks in a lot of issues there's no like nobody's I mean obviously there's diehard Trump supporters that are but in nowhere am I like Donald Trump is an angel and right he's the one I'm like he's an Egotistical maniac, completely full of himself, probably a fascist, don't think he's a racist, but like not a great yeah. person, right? Right. And I've, right? And I've said this before, and a lot of like my Republican friends get mad at me. I'm like, in real life, I would get along better with Obama than I would with Trump, I bet.
0: Listen, so we've got the Old city thunder here, right, the, the basketball team. And my whole position on this is like, Obama, That'd be a dude, like, I would love to go and just sit at a basketball game. With and him. Hey, that would out be with him. so right. fun. He'd, like, be, a total, he'd be a great hang. Would be right. a great hang. Right. right. I right? feel like we could be friends. But when I look at economics, when I look at policy, when I look at my life as an entrepreneur and a business owner, um, I, I want I want Trump. <laughs> yeah. As I look at somebody who's making policy and as I look at someone who is for capitalism, right? Uh, someone asked me the other day, you have daughters. like?" You want somebody in place that says, you know, grab woman by the, you know, and, I'm, and I think I'm not here to say that my president needs to be the moral compass of my home.
1: Right. I'm like, don't tell your I'm daughter that, to follow the president.
0: I'm that. I have a circle of influence that I look to that helps helps me navigate that as a father and as a business owner, as a coach, as a mentor. Right. I have that. I don't need that in someone who I'm putting at the head of a uh, of a government and an institution to help govern our country, right? Somebody who has proven himself in business time and time and time and time and time again. Someone who is not afraid to say what he feels. Like, I actually, the off-the-handle tweets and everything else, I actually appreciate that. I may not know- agree with it. I may, I may think like, oh my gosh, I cannot, like, this is embarrassing. Right. But- But if there's one thing I learned, one of the reasons that I stepped out of ministry is I literally almost died. I mean, I went septic. I almost died as the, from the stress of trying to be all things to all people carrying eight positions. I was the yes man had to make everyone happy working 16 hours a day, trying to prove my worth to God and prove my worth to everyone else, trying to overcome all of my insecurities through the validation of, of how good I was at something. What I appreciate about that is I never have to wonder where he stands on anything, whether anything I agree that. or I don't agree. <laughs> like uh, I've got a I've got a friend named Garrett White and oh, his whole good old is, Garrett White is like, listen. There are some things that I'm like Garrett. I don't I don't agree with that. Yeah, but you live by he calls it living by a code. Yep, the code. I, I will always speak my truth. I will always speak my truth, and what I can appreciate and respect whether you agree with it or not, whether you like it or not, whether it is narcissistic or not, whether it is presidential or not, here's a man who was not in politics. This is a man who came in. You got to give the man some props for coming in with no political experience and winning the presidency. <laughs> That's not happened. Right. And so then you look at the track record of the, uh, the change that he's affected. And then well, I look well, at, hold you know, well, well,
1: I want to oh, so touch on that crazy. super, super quick. You know, it's super interesting. Oh is there are so many people that I talked to that are like someone with no political experience should not be allowed to run for president. And I was like, what? Like, yeah. For people like you and I were entrepreneurs. Like you dude, right. if you can do it, why do you need a freaking, like for me, it's like people tell me all the time. How, how are you a marketer without a degree? I'm like, I don't know. I figured out how to do marketing. Well, and people right. paid me for it. What do yeah. you mean? I don't need a degree. Right. I figured yeah. it out. And there's so yeah. many people that are like, Well, unless you follow the path, unless you check the boxes and do all the things and blah, blah, blah. And I I was listening to a commentary the other day. It's like Hillary Clinton, you know, you're always told as a little girl, if you you do everything, if you get qualified, if you do, you can break the glass ceiling. And there was nobody more qualified in the history of politics than Hillary Clinton to be president. And I was like, have you ever just stopped and thought for a second that maybe that's why she lost? Right? Right? You know what I mean? Like maybe Maybe that's what people didn't want. Maybe that's not what she, maybe the the rules of the game have changed, you know? And maybe she was just a terrible candidate, right? Like it had nothing to do with her being a woman. It had nothing to do with the fact that she couldn't break the glass ceiling. It had everything to do with the fact that she was just a terrible candidate. And Donald Trump came in and did a different way of doing it. And it worked. And I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican, if you have no political experience and can win the office of the presidency, like- like off of pure respect for you regardless of what you do
0: respect right no absolutely and i mean speaking of just candidates that don't make sense right like i'm i'm watching the and it's and it's honestly like it's sad it's to scary. watch the like like just the the slow downward spiral <laughs> of, of biden like well just his mental capacity and faculty like Dude. i it it genuinely like it really is hurtful to watch. It's scary um, because it's, it feels it feels like someone with a, a, a real like dementia or also something like is being put on parade and for like what he like it doesn't actually make sense. Like what he's saying, it genuinely doesn't make. This is not a dig on him. It's, not, it's a st- not a it's not a him. stutter. It's a right. This is not political. Right. Like this is like hey, this is a man who's losing his faculties, and in. It, it, this is not appropriate. This is like Biden family. Like this is shameful. Like you, right. you can't do that. Like this is it's uh, you know, I, I had a client once who he was so frustrated at his dad. Uh, his dad was a, was in the military. He flew choppers at, in the war, which I thought was super cool. Um, this guy had gone down twice. Um, wow. His dad was like larger than life. Just this decorated war hero, um like he would tell me stories, and it was just so fascinating to me because they're stories that like you see in movies, but you've never actually heard someone in real life. Yeah, having. yeah, 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 yeah. And and I'm listening, I'm like, man, that's amazing. He's like, Yeah, but like every time, like what's frustrating is he won't, he, he's he's losing steam. He has dementia, he has Alzheimer's, he has all these ailments. He never gets out of his chair. I don't want to take my kids to see him because he's just a grouch, he's he's a jerk, he, he won't play with the kids. He's always frustrated that we're there. He's always angry. Um, he never wants to talk. And it's just, I don't understand why he can't just be happy to see me and happy to see my kids. And it was just so fascinating to me, like we have to shift this, right? Because I think so many people are just expecting him to be, a, Biden to be a certain way and expecting him to do all these things. And it's like, here's this, this client's dad who I had to reframe and I'm like, what if what if he just wants you to remember him the way that he was? Yeah. And he's so frustrated because he can't do any things that he used to be able to do. And that's causing a lot of dissonance in within himself. And he just feels like a big disappointment all the time. Flip that over to Biden. like, wouldn't it be more honorable to allow him to be remembered by the democratic party for all the things that they think that he did so well, rather than this be like the parade of, just like, like if you're a a Democrat loss of, of, of like actual, like political integrity and uh, just frame of thought and like debate, like you can't, like, there will probably be a debate, but there can't be a debate. Like there won't be a debate.
1: Like it won't be a debate,
0: but uh, like, imagine yourself as
1: a Democrat right now. And if you're a Democrat listening right now, I'd be curious to know your thoughts on this. Like like if I'm a Democrat and I have looked at Joe Biden's career now, keep in mind, yeah. Me, as Josh Forty, I look at his career and I go, huh, what a joke. But let's ascend, let's sure. assume, right, you actually appreciate what yeah. Joe Biden has done. You believe in And we can honor that. Like, right. as Republicans, right.
0: we'll honor that. Like, that's as, we're as not libertarians. Here to say good or bad, <laughs> yeah. right? Or libertarian, whatever. Like, yeah. as a non-Democrat. <laughs> as a non-Democrat, right. As someone <laughs> right. that disagrees with everything that Biden
1: has done or most of what Biden right. has done, I can look at this and go, okay, listen, here's someone who has given thousands, if not millions of people a voice who have done things and was elected by people to get some things done. And the things that he got done, uh, there are people there that put him into office that are appreciative of the things that he has done. And I said, Hey, listen, here's a good man. Here's a man that has stood up for what we believe in, that has given us a voice that has gone through and do that. And now he is literally in a, I mean, even Joe Rogan who came out and was like, Hey, and this was before the primary was like, Hey, I'll probably vote for J- Bernie Sanders. Meaning that I'm telling you that Joe Rogan is a liberal. All right. Like Joe Rogan yeah. is not a fan of Trump. Okay. Right. Has come out and right. has been like, I'm not endorsing Trump, but like there's an actual problem. There's an actual yeah. issue. You as a Democrat, wouldn't you rather that person go away and say like, Hey, we like, we really appreciate, yeah. that you've done it's the same thing with like peyton manning and tom brady i'm a huge tom brady fan right like love right. tom brady and yeah. uh so there was all of the rivalry between peyton manning and tom brady and i can't tell right. you how many people were like man peyton manning just retire retire we want to see you go out on top and it was like hey he re- he won the super bowl and he retired and people love that why because he was on top it was celebrated and That's now it. tom brady tom brady won the super bowl he had six rings it was like dude just retire." now i didn't want him to but a lot of people were like dude go out on top it would be really really sad to see you leave the Patriots, go to another team, never win another Super Bowl, and go out on the bottom, and now that's a right. real risk. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's like with Joe Biden, it's like one of those things where you're like, "Hey, look, like just the, dude, be, just the let him be, the dude be what he like, right. He can't think like he
0: actually that legacy, like yeah. let the legacy just just be what it is, right? Like, listen, you were VP. Uh, like, we can have respect for that. Like, again, the, the, the principles and policies of that side, I don't agree with.
1: But we can respect the. We can respect we the, can respect the office,
0: yes. You know what's interesting? Um, uh, Richard Rohr, says that true contentment, and he's talking about spiritual, right. uh, but true contentment is, you know, most belief, like all the, all the belief is, is a thought and a feeling that we hold captive long enough that it becomes our relative truth. It yep. doesn't mean that it's true or not. It's just our relative truth. Right. Right. And the problem with a belief is when you hold it so tightly, this happens spiritually, this happens a lot politically right now, is when you hold that so tight and you feel threatened that that fist becomes a weapon, right? Mm. And so, especially when you got those rings on your finger like that, bro. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah. And so what, uh, what Richard Rohr would, would have us consider is that true spiritual, spiritual contentment or contentment in life is when we recognize that we can loosen that grip because there's nothing to hide, nothing to protect and nothing to prove. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what, how I frame that, right. Because we're all in the process uh, and, and the, in marketing, we're always reframing the things that influence us is, you know, when, when I'm backed into a corner with my beliefs, this becomes a weapon and you can't shake hands with a closed fist. Mm. So if I, if I give up my desire and my need to be right, right? Like if, if, if I don't need to be right anymore, if I can, if I can say, this is what I believe, but I'm open to what you believe as well, then now we can shake hands.
1: Yeah. No, I, I love that. I love that. Yeah. So, and And not only that, can we not only shake hands, but then you can also
0: receive new things. Uh, absolutely. Like I can't can- tell you the number of conversations that I've had that have grown me in every aspect of life that wouldn't have happened hmm. maybe a year previous because my ego wasn't ready to let go of my own assumptions. Yeah. 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 How do you, I I wanna kinda
1: pivot the conversation a little bit here. I'm curious, how do you become an effective leader in today's society? Because I feel like, um, Mm. I feel like it's really hard to stand for something and not uh, piss a lot of people off. Yeah. Like one of the things that I struggle with a lot, and I actually, I just got off the phone with Katie, like literally 15 minutes before this call, Uh, Or before this uh, uh, podcast. And I told her, I said, you know, one of the things that I'm figuring out right now in my brand, in my life is I'm like, I don't, I don't want to go into politics because Mm -hmm. it's too divisive, right? It's too, you have to pick a side, right? Like I love Ben Shapiro. But like I wouldn't want to be like Ben Shapiro because Ben Shapiro is like, dude, that guy attacks the left. I mean, he literally sells yeah. a cup of like, here are the leftist tears, right? And right. like, I appreciate Ben Shapiro because I he looks at facts, he looks at logic, and we need people like him in this world to like keep yeah. sanity. But at the same time, I'm like, Ben Shapiro ain't changing too many people's minds,
0: right? Right. He's for just me- confirming. He's confirming the suspicions and the beliefs of others. Of others, right? It, I'm it like align with him.
1: Right. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, I want to be somebody that actually sees the other side. I want yeah. to be known as somebody that actually takes the time to go through and and create unity. However, I also want to stand up and be a leader. I also want to lead a movement. I also want to be very very firm in what I believe in. Mm-hmm. And I f- I'm finding it difficult to be a leader, and you know, like be, be have that certainty as a leader, and also and also be like. But also, I want to see your side of things because I feel like me being a leader and like standing up for what I believe in automatically turns off the other side, right? And it takes a lot, especially on social media, it takes a long conversation to show somebody. Cause like you and I know that if we want, like people inherently want to be heard, but more importantly, they want to be understood. Right, they want they want they want to be validated. They want to be understood. So it takes a long time for me to have a conversation with someone and be like, "Hey, listen, you're a socialist democrat that thinks abortion is totally okay and believes that Donald Trump is evil." Okay, literally, you and I disagree on everything, but let me understand your side. But also, you're wrong, right? Here's why, like this. I'm gonna stand for this, but also I want to hear your side. How do you how do you become an effective leader in today's society when things are so divisive? When people want to take your words completely out of context, you want to make an actual positive change in the world. You want there to be unity, but you're also up against radical evil. There's radical evil out in the world right now. How do you become yeah. an effective leader?
0: Yeah. So, you know, you're only a leader if people are following you, sure. right? So there's a lot of I don't, I don't.
1: I don't have any, I don't have any following, yet, Cody. That's fine. No, no, <laughs> nobody follows me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people who proclaim themselves as thought leaders or yeah. influencers. And, and like, just because you have people that connect with you on social media, that doesn't actually make you yeah. anything. Yeah right? And so uh, first <laughs> Me, and foremost, like, an I, I, I'm, I'm like, I've got to be a leader in my home, right? And then I, so uh, when we talk about leadership in this idea of, of tense, tense, tense climate, Josh, there's, uh, I learned this really early in ministry when I would go to conferences as a 20 something and come back to my church, which was, um, an older community, right? Uh, primarily affluent white people uh, who were in their 40s to 60s and I would come back and I would say this is what we've got to do we're dying we've got to reach the youth this is how we do it this is how we do it this is how it's got to be or there's churches gone and a mentor of mine saw the passion in me and saw that it was good like I, I wasn't trying to hurt people I was just passionate about a belief that I thought was true and it wasn't Mm. that it wasn't true and it wasn't useful. It was just the vehicle that I was using to communicate that lacked empathy, understanding and contextualization of the environment in which I was placed or that we could argue that God placed me in. And so he sat me down and he said, Cody, there's two types of leadership because we're all trying to get up a mountain. And we're all doing the best that we can with the pack that we're wearing, which is all the baggage that we've carried up to this point, whether we've put it in the bag or it was placed in the bag. And most leaders will climb to the top of the mountain and they will yell down at everyone else. This is how you need to catch up. This is the route that you need to go. Why can't you just go faster? Why can't you just get it? Pick your pack up, leave them behind. He said, then that that is a way of leading, and it is a useful way of leading for some, but there is another way, and there is a more empathetic way, which means that you have gone up to the top of the mountain, but you've recognized that there's a call on your life to bring others with you, and so you go back down the mountain, and now you're one or two steps ahead of people, recognizing you've already been up, so you already know the trail up. But you're going to take the slower way, which is to walk with people, to listen to them, to understand their frustrations. They're going to see you as the leader who cares mm. for them. And you're going to have more buy-in and you're going to have more trust because, because you're, down you're there not with them. yelling, this is what's right. You are wrong. You're down with them saying, hey, I know that you're tired. I can tell you that 20 steps ahead, we're going to be able to rest. We just need to get to here. Do you trust me? And so for me, I've recognized that while it is important for me to take a stand and while as leaders we recognize that we we feel through our own experience that we have the foresight and hindsight to be able to say, hey, through my discernment, through my experience, through my success, through my loss, right, through my triumph, through my failure, this is the direction, this is the path that's going to lead you to the promised land that you yeah. see before you, and I don't want you to wander. And if I go ahead and I yell at you, you're going to wander because that's our natural inclination. I, but so I need you to trust me to walk with me. Yeah. And so I think it's. But I still want to hear. Like your feet are hurting. Tell me about. Okay. What can I do to What can I do to help? Do you? With-
1: okay. So and it, now I have questions about this. I, and i This is This is a great conversation. I think a lot of people yeah. have it. Do you think that some people are just naturally called to be the person at the top of the mountain just to go up there and to blaze the way through and the person that they're called to be is not to, it's not to lead the go masses, down. right? They are, yeah. they are there to be Absolutely. like, I call you to a higher standard. I feel like yeah. there's the Garrett Whites of the world that are sure. like, like that, that are like, you want to be a leader? You want to do it? then you got to do what it takes mother. You know what I mean? Like get your butt up here, right? And like, it is the yell down in your face. Like if you want to be a leader, I'm going to call you to be a leader.
0: And it's useful, right? Like, and, and that's, that is, so that's the beautiful thing about leadership. And that's why I say one is not better than the other. It's different, right? They're just different, right? Like, I think we make this, we create a false binary that if something is right, then the other thing has to be wrong, right? And it's not, and that's just, that's not simply the case with leadership. That's not simply the case with leadership styles and different personality styles in the ways in which people need to be brought to their own truth Mm. and brought to their own potential and brought to the goals realized that they've set before them. Right. So to say that my way is right and your way is wrong, that's ego. That's my way is useful for some. Your way is useful for some, right? There are people who do not jive with me. Right. And that's cool. That's, great there are people that don't drive with you it's great but then there are also those who do so we also have to recognize that we're not called to save everyone right even jesus recognized that but the dead <laughs> bury themselves right no
1: kidding so how does one in i'm going to use the political climate specifically Three. but i i want to i want to say broader than that just social climate the social issues climate of america today yeah there is actual evil and there are actual ways upon which some people are believing is right that is not. Right. For example, uh I don't care what you think about the black like I don't like I support Black Lives Matter, the the statement, the fact that Black sure. Lives Matter. But like of there is there's zero, there is zero worlds where the Black Lives Matter organization and what they stand for is okay. Zero. Right. They are a they are an evil. Marxist, terrible, awful yeah. organization.
0: Well, that and the problem is that it's two white guys on a, on a podcast, podcast telling you this, we, we are, we are going to automatically become the Be discredited. Yeah. Discredited. This is just our white privilege talking, but I mean, literally just, just follow the paper trail of money and what is being funded out as a result
1: uh, 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 or go to their website. Or watch videos, or just follow the trail. Literally, yeah, literally, go watch videos from the people that are like, "We want to yeah. destroy the American family. That we are a Marxist organization with Marxist values. That like we want to have white supremacy completely destroyed, and that we want to make yeah. black white people are like this is like actually what they've said, right? And so I look at that and I go, okay, all right, okay, you, there are, there is a way of thinking that. Yeah. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, even millions of people believe that directly goes against what right. I what I believe. And here's the problem. Most people don't actually understand what it is that they're supporting. Right. They don't understand their way of thinking. They don't understand that the path that they are going down is literally a path that is not going to get... They don't even know where they're going. Like, they have no correlation with it. They believe it so strongly, and they want to be heard. They want to be understood. And what I'm saying is, is how does one still stand up for what you believe in and go, no, that's wrong, but I still care about you, and I still love you? Like, that's real. That's a really difficult thing to do, right?
0: Well, well the problem is, and it's, it's from a, I mean, as two guys who can really appreciate marketing, it is... Freaking brilliant! Oh, from, a, from a, it is it is next level, right? It's yeah. I mean, when you even when you look at the the original political campaign uh, and the build the wall campaign, right? It was like us versus them. It, it put it put it. Now, it, was it correct? No. Was it right? No. But it did create a polarization. And right now, we've ident- like we've created a movement around an idea. That is separate from the idea of the political association. It's a, it's a, it's fascinating from a marketing perspective that you can wrap an entire <laughs> conversation of, of, of ethnic appropriateness to funding a, an actual political agenda. Yeah. It's it is from a marketing perspective. I mean, hey. sometimes you have to look at it and be like, wow, this is this Let- is freaking. Brilliant, because everything goes back into the far left. Like it is, like you, like Black Lives Matter, mobilized an entire idea, yeah, of of racism, right.
1: And and the you thing have is,
0: mobilized racism toward a political agenda, like that is, and you've given a voice to everyone who feels slighted in any way. You've given it's you know, we've always had something to fight for. We've always had something that we, we've had worse. If I, we've had, we've had ideas right now, I think with the, with the rise of social media and I'm going to go off on a tangent here a little yeah, bit, but yeah, I think we will appreciate this. Yeah. Um, again, I was a youth pastor since 2005 and uh, I'm not anymore, but a bit I, for 13 years. And it was so interesting to watch the rise of, I mean, when Facebook first came on the scene and then students started using it and, you know, then there was the whole like, remember the Coney thing, and then there was Invisible Children, and there were all these ways in which we we created the idea of social activism through likes, shares, and comments. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> like, that's actually the work. Like, the work is, I'm going to share this. The work is, if I like this, if I post it on social media, like, I'm I'm actually, like, awareness is the same as social activism. It was a. It's a very, very interesting. Like the, an entire paradigm shift. All right. It's like no longer do I need to go and help fund building a well. I can just share a picture of a kid drinking clean water, and I've done the same thing. Right. It's it's fascinating. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, and the whole idea of the 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 nonprofit sector in and of itself and the appropriation of fundraising dollars towards building the social media campaign like this. It's so fascinating. But you now have this group who grew up thinking that they deserve a platform based on the idea that the social contracts they built in social media was the activism. So they've they've had no recourse Mm. or repercussions for anything that they've said or done. Right. There's this entitlement of my voice will be heard like you don't have to earn it anymore. And so it's interesting now that they That's rally, super this. Interesting. they rally this around an actual physical movement. And it's no wonder that things are getting as destructive as they are. There's never been a construct through which to have actual activism. Because everything has been online up to this point for this generation.
1: And on top of that, one of the things that you just said there is like, they've never had repercussions for their actions because all their actions have been done online. And so they think that's, that, that that's real world. And so then they go into the real world and they do the stuff that they have said that they're going to do online and they think, oh, I'm going to do this. And there's going to be no re- repercussions. And then well, they end and, up and in also, jail or
0: dead or something. And they're like, oh, this is, think yeah, think about this. Think about the, like, I watch some of your content and I'm watching people like and comment and share, right? Like, so even in the in the sense, we, we create this idea of, of mob mentality online. Like, I yeah. have friends who, like, their whole game is going viral. That's what they do. Yeah, and they, they I have lots of friends who do that. Framework around building this community of people who think, act like do everything like them and they become this mouthpiece politically and economically and of a family they, they become the mouthpiece and everybody has to share everything right and so it becomes this idea of i don't think i just click mm. and in the same way like now we have this whole community of like they say it's racist it's racist they say it's okay to throw bricks it's okay to throw but like like we don't even think right. to process we just automatically go with the people that we've put in place to believe that they have our best interest at and heart it goes both ways, one hundred percent. Like literally, I see all the right; it can go left. It's it can so go, like, crazy. I
1: see all these absolutely. people that are like, y- if you don't, if you don't believe uh, the way that I do, you're a pedophile. I'm like, what? Oh, Joe, Joe right. Biden's a pedophile. I was like, okay, right. like, come on, guys, like, let's, right. let's, yeah, it's
0: both ways. Right. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's it's, it's, it's fascinating. The and facts that aren't facts that we will share simply because we follow certain pages and channels that we are trusting to give us factual information that is just as much driven towards i mean we have to understand media whether mainstream or non-mainstream they are in the business of of attention yeah Everything is the business of attention. So if you think that something is not sided towards getting you again to like, comment, and share, to share an agenda, to push a narrative, it doesn't matter what side you're on. You have to be very, very careful the narrative that you're buying into. I saw something today about uh, Trump bad-mouthing. World uh, War I veterans, yeah. yeah. But I so I, I clicked the article to read it because I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. And there was never once anyone cited for that it just says a source close to the white house and it's like (laughs) what does that does that could that have have been just could that have just been somebody who was sitting outside the 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 white house right like how are we qualifying these statements what is the again this isn't a defense of something that that was said or not said this is the the framework to say like hey where are we getting our information and how are we writing articles based off of anonymous tips right like we're, we're, we're- have you ever read this book absolutely
1: yes it, the guys if you have not read this book and you're listening right now like literally it is the best 17 us dollars you will ever spend in your life yeah. for understanding the media i read this book once and then twice and then three times and i'm like okay literally anything on the news i don't care if it's fox news cnn or anything in between like right. it's not trustworthy And it is, this is the most fascinating book I've ever read in my entire life. Trust me, I'm lying about Ron it.
0: Great book. Some others that I think would be really fascinating for your readers. Uh, Obviously, 1984, great book to read. It's just an incredibly fascinating read. Um, Ayn Rand has Atlas Shrugged. I, I mean, I'm rereading that uh, yeah. book right now.
1: I'm gonna be, debate yeah. Russell I mean, I'm not debate. I'm gonna talk with Russell Brunson. Russell Brunson agreed to come back on here for a non-marketing interview. We're gonna talk for an hour yeah. or two about Atlas Shrugged and about uh, yeah. the future of capitalism and charity versus greed. It'll be great. I
0: love it. I love it. Yeah, it's you know, it's fascinating. And my wife, I was always a very big uh non-fiction reader. And Same. my wife was actually the one who said, Hey, you need to read, you need to read these books and you need to read. Ayn Rand. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. Like I read some of her background and I'm like, ah, I'm not really sure that I'm going to be into this. Uh, but in reading it absolutely blew my mind. So good. Right? Atlas-,
1: Atlas shrugged guys. Atlas shrugged, 1984. Mm-hmm. Um, and trust me, I'm lying. Atlas shrugged. Trust is me, li- lying. Yeah. Trust me. I'm lying. Is This is one of my favorite yeah. books of all time for, for that. Mm-hmm. I think, I think one of the interesting things about this is like, that in marketing, like all the movements that are on there on social media, right? Like regardless of what you think or what you realize or if you're a marketer or not, if, if you have a follower, you are applying marketing tactics. I mean, if you if you sure. have followers, you're applying marketing tactics, right? Sure. And- Arguably the greatest marketer of our of our time, at least in a political sense, is Donald Trump, right? Move movement yeah. creator, right? Like love him, hate him, doesn't matter what you thought of him. Like the, the fact that this dude has literally taken on the entire media, including the right-wing media, right? Like he's taken on Fox News too. Okay. The fact that he has literally gone through and manipulated and played the media at their own game so well is quite fascinating. But yeah. this that being said, as someone like myself, like a you that is trying to go out there and be like, hey, listen, we're starting a movement, but like human beings are not the enemy. Idea- right. I, bad ideas are. Yeah, The problem is, is that we as humans like to put, you know, I was listening to a, a Tai Lopez speech uh, at 10X Growth Con. He's like, listen, you gotta have a face, right? Like there's gotta be a face. Well, I don't care what you are. And he was pulling up, you know, websites on the screen. He's like, I guarantee you. He's like, these are the numbers on this one. These are the numbers on this one with a face, without a face. Right. We like to put face because we like to make it real. Right. And so if there is a bad idea, we must find a bad enemy. Right. And that's what, that's what people are doing in this marketing thing. And like, for someone like me, I want to come in and I want to be like, Hey, listen, we're not attacking people. We're attacking ideas. Like ideas, bad ideas are the enemy, not people. That's really, really difficult for someone to comprehend and understand. And it's, it's this, because of that, and because in the social media world, it's literally like, oh, you as a person said this thing, this statement must represent you, Bad idea. You must be bad person. I'm going to attack you. We've literally amplified and created a world where we can't not. It's not even that we can't have conversations anymore. It's that we literally can't differentiate bad ideas from people.
0: Well, and what does it say? We don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against against powers and principalities and the spiritual realm. It's it's all there. Feel me. So so it's when we when we personify. Um, good and bad. And and listen, again, regardless of what you believe, we've been doing this. We've been doing this the whole time, right?
1: Ever since the beginning of time. And now we've got 7 billion people and Facebook connects 3 billion of them. Huh? Oh, let's talk about this real quick. I want to talk about Mark Zuckerberg with you, please. Good old Zuckerberg up there, right? Republicans hate him. Democrats hate him. Everybody thinks that he's has is the other person's agenda. And I'm sitting here going, hey all, have you ever managed three billion people before? (laughs) (laughs) Like, dude, how crazy is Mark Zuckerberg's position? People on the right are like, how dare he, you know, remove all these QAnon pages? And then people on the left are like, how dare he go through and allow all these QAnon pages? it's like, I feel like uh, the US only has 300 million people in it and he's managing three billion. Do you think this is really his top priority? Like it probably is around election time, but like, isn't it so interesting how people act like Mark Zuckerberg has this magic button that he can just press and solve all of Facebook's problems?
0: <laughs> and, and think about the, just think about the massive infrastructure of, of what that organization has to look like and the, the online infrastructure that that, like it's so interesting because again, it's like a frame of reference, right? Like people don't know how to comprehend something that big. It's it's incomprehensible right. it's, for the average mind. There's there's no there's no relative association that we can use to comprehend something right. of that magnitude. So we have to assign it appropriate to what we've experienced, and, well, and this is true in anything, right? Right. I mean, this is why people can't understand your success because it's not relative. Like they have to assign it to something right. relative to their own. Uh, it, it's so funny, like it, or people that will like repost. Things online like this is to Mark Zuckerberg. I hereby notify yeah, I'm like,
1: what the <laughs> It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for them. I go, yeah, okay. I do not
0: get permission. I do not consent. Right. I'm like Listen. When you played Farmville, you consented <laughs> to everything. <laughs> when you when you uh, when you said
1: I I consent to these terms and conditions, yeah, you just, you just yeah. consented to a multi hundred billion
0: dollar company's lawyers telling you what you consented to. Absolutely, yeah. When you gave them permission, when you went live to have access to your camera and to your microphone, it's whether you're recording or not. I love they Republicans. You 20- I love. Re- Four hours a day, 365 days a year. Like, that's why we can talk about, I'm going to say live edge table right now. And now when I go on Facebook, I'm going to get an ad for live edge cables.
1: Right, right. And it's so funny when <laughs> I, I see all the republic I, I, and I'm generalizing here once again, yeah, of, sure. of Bill Gates is going to make a, a vaccine with a microchip that he's going to be able to track everything that we do. I was like, Steve Jobs did it and sold it to you for a thousand <laughs> bucks, you idiot. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? Like, yeah. Like you just
0: hold it. You hold it in your hand every single day. Like
1: when's the last time you went anywhere without your phone for any length of experience, or right. period of time?
0: When, when was the last time you didn't check in on social media to let everybody know where you're at so that you could portray this more than perfect lifestyle Right. And
1: everyone's like, and you know, the far right is of, oh, I, I don't, I, I only log into to Facebook on my computer or or I only have a, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you're so far out of, disconnected from reality. They know everything about you. They know exactly. They can track absolutely everything, everything, everything. 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 It's already there. Stop worrying about it and start living it. Uh, it's just so but anyway, just back just, to the yeah. back to the Mark Zuckerberg thing. I think this is, I think this is a real problem. I think there's a, a real problem in America today, and I'm gonna use America as generalizing here, right? Not the whole world, but the whole world, but America today yeah. is we actually think that leaders have power to make things better. We yeah. actually think that leaders control, like we we think that leaders are intentionally doing things one way or the other, when in reality, most of the decisions that they make, they do not understand the consequences of it. Meaning, and 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 here's the thing. I'm gonna hold someone like a Donald Trump and a Nancy Pelosi and a Mitch McConnell to a higher standard. They are the leaders of the leaders. Okay, yeah. they need to be aware. So when Nancy Pelosi, oh gosh, goes and gets a blowout without a facemask in a close uh, in San Francisco, I'm like, you deserve everything that comes to you. One hundred percent. But but for the the average politician out there for the aocs of the world god bless her right who's like hey we should shut down america we should tax the billionaires and take away all of their money okay there are people that buy in that actually think that she has some power over their life right she doesn't you know like you know what i mean like you know the, the honestly the two biggest things in america today that have some form of power and control over your life is number one tax code okay because yep. that is going to directly impact whether or not you have to pay taxes you know to to the government that's the first thing and the second is laws around free speech like, mm-hmm. those are the two things that actually have direct impact in your life that you mm-hmm. couldn't overcome if they were negative towards you you can't escape taxes and right. if if it is illegal to say something you can get arrested and put in jail those are the two things And I look at it and I go, everything else is pretty much, um, it's a collective movement of ideas and thoughts and how people act and culture and things like that. But those two things are not. Like those two things are fundamentally so important to understand like those are the things that control. And so it's so funny to me when like people think that, you know, Mark Zuckerberg does have a lot of power, 100%. I would argue that like, you know, top three most influential people in the world that Donald Trump and Mark Zuckerberg are two of those people. Putin's probably number three, right? Like these are hugely influential people. But when it comes to your personal life, your personal life, they actually don't have that much influence.
0: Yeah, but it's, it, it, we find this true in, in any area of life, right? It's easier to assign blame and be a victim than to take personal sovereignty for your life.
1: It is when you don't understand
0: that it's not. Right. But most people would rather live under the assumption, like again, like even look at and, and this isn't a slight towards the 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 idea or the fact that Black Lives Matter they do. Like we can all agree on that. I don't even say lives matter. I don't even say any of that. Like, yes, Black Lives Matter, period. Done. But and I don't even want to say but because that contradicts everything. Yeah. I will and, also say, and- Yeah, I will also say that to assign every disparity in your life to your own ethnic background. Like you, that sets you up one to that sets you up for failure. That sets you up believing that you already have both hands tied behind your back, right? That sets you up to identify as a victim. Right. I just know too many people, regardless of color, background, any way in which they were raised. Right. Like uh, Carol Dweck and mindset would say that, like, regardless of where you were born, raised, the color of your skin, who you love, who you don't love sexually. Right. Your spiritual background. None of that can quantify. Right. What the right environment at the right time with the right people, the right resources, the right mindset, what what your potential is. Right. So when, mm. like, this is just another way for you to thwart your own potential by saying, well, because of this, I can't this, mm. right? And that's super I, important. I we, think we, have a da- we, we have a daughter who, who has cerebral palsy, autism and a seizure disorder. Wasn't supposed to live past being an infant, right? And this my, my wife's daughter and was never supposed to be able to walk, talk, anything, nothing. Nothing. She is an anomaly. She is she is eleven years old. I could bring her up right now, and, and she is literally the most outgoing, extroverted. That's amazing, girl. You've like, you know, wasn't supposed to be able to walk. Runs.
1: And and for and for those people that are like, oh sweet, but that was by none of her own doing. That's
0: not true. Number one, that but is number- not true. She she pushed. She understands. She 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 understands the limitations that are put in front of her, but she refuses to accept them.
1: And I think that right there, right there, it is.
0: And if an 11 year old, if (laughs) if, if an 11 year old who has the capacity intellectually of a five year old who has every reason to hate her life. She knows she's different. She knows, she knows she's different, Josh. She will have times where she will break down and cry and be like, I just, I I don't like the way that I act because I know other kids think I'm weird. Mm. She knows that she has to wear braces on her legs. Like she knows. She knows her eight-year-old sister is passing her academically. She knows that her eight-year-old sister is ice skating and she can't get on the ice because if she hits her head, she could damage the shunt and she could go back into the ICU. And if every night she goes to bed, every single night, like clockwork, Josh, and she says, What was your favorite part of the day? And then she says, You know what? Tomorrow's going to be an even better day than today. Mm. You don't have what? You don't, you don't have any excuse. I don't have any excuses. Mm. Nobody has any excuse. Like you can't, no, you already have, you have, you have a fully working brain. Yeah. You have fully working legs and arms. You don't have to worry that when you eat like she does that you're gonna throw it up because of a dysfunction because of so much scar tissue because you've had a trach shoved down your throat so many times because of the seizures. What you have is excuses. and You have fear and that's okay. But at some point you have to own that you're afraid because of ideas that were placed in you that were never meant to be placed on you or in you. And you have to overcome that. You have to surround yourself with people who don't let you get by with saying, well, yeah, it's because of this. No, it's actually not because of this. You might believe that for you, but I don't believe that for me. And so I'm going to surround myself with people who don't believe like you. It's not that I don't love you, but walking in love is sometimes walking a distance. And I have to remove myself from that framework of thinking that framework of believing, because it doesn't actually help me move forward. You're allowing me to be a victim and that's not friendship. That's not intimacy. That's not helping me live to my potential.
1: It's not even love.
0: That's not love.
1: No, you're absolutely right. And if people just understood that for two seconds, I appreciate you sharing that. That is so powerful. When people understand that like you do have a fully working mind, it's like you might not understand what you're capable of, but that doesn't mean you're not capable of it.
0: And and here's the funny thing. I don't care what you believe. I genuinely like so long as you're not hurting yourself or other people, I'll work with whatever it is that you believe because it doesn't mean it is true. If you can, I'll be open to your beliefs. If you can be open to me questioning them and holding you accountable to what they say and what it causes you to do because I'm gonna judge you based on your actions rather than what you say you believe because you can say one thing and do something completely right. different. You, you, you know, judge a man by the fruit that he bears, right? right? You judge a fruit i I'll,
1: ju- I'll never judge you for where you're at in life, I will, but I will Absolutely judge you for the actions that you're taking based on where you're at in life.
0: My whole MO, people say, what's your why, right? Like if you saw behind my, my wife calls it my costume jewelry. Uh, <laughs> R-W-Y-S, remember why you started is on, on these knuckles. And my why I just believe relentlessly in the potential of human beings. to and become. That's it. That's it. As a husband, as a father, as a man, as a business owner, as a pastor, as a worship leader, as a neighbor. Like, that's it. Yeah. So if if we can get, uh, if we can get away from who's right and who's wrong on the side, I don't care. Like people want to fight me on the internet. Like you can win. Like, like this, I'm not going to waste my energy because I see. I see that this is causing real discomfort in you. And this is causing real pain in you. So I'm not against you. I might not believe the way that you believe, but I can guarantee you if you will come and you will bring those beliefs and you'll sit at a table with me, I guarantee you by the end of that, we will be laughing together. Right. 100%. I don't have anything to prove or protect. I'm, I don't have anything to hide from you. I don't think that, there's nothing in me that needs to win. The only thing I need I need to do is walk out the life that I'm called to walk out and to lead and to lead those who can see that I don't have any agenda other than I want to see you win too. That's yeah, it. 100%. And that me being right doesn't mean that you're wrong.
1: And and when you, ha- when you have that understanding, it is a different under, it doesn't make you better than anybody, but it may- means that you have a different brain capacity and understanding of what's going on than they've unlocked right now. And the way I look at it is like, when you're fighting online with people and when you're, when you're going through and you said, I'm not, you can win, that's fine. It's like, imagine you had a stack of $10 billion in cash sitting next to you. And then on the floor, there was a couple $1 bills and the people wanna fight over the $1 bills and you're like, all right, cool, I, like, I'm good. Like, and by the way, you can have this too, just like open your eyes and grab it. Like I'm literally sure. just choosing to grab it here and like, that's the difference. And I think one of the things that is really, really important about what you said, and I wanna talk about this and I, I wanna know, uh, I want you to dive further in on this is, I don't have to win, I have to be the best version of myself. And yeah. I think that in life, we, are, we have been programmed by society, whether it's through sports or whether it's through politicians or whether it's through whatever, that the goal of life is to win. It's not right. And because winning in today's society means that there is a loser and in life you can win without there being losers winning with with what you and I are talking about here has nothing to do with beating somebody else winning means that I win when the battle of me versus me not me versus you. And so I think, yeah, yeah, touch on that a little bit more. Cause I think a lot of people are like, hey, in order for me to win at life, somebody has to be a loser. And therefore we demonize winners because we think that because they won,
0: somebody else lost. Right, you're successful, therefore it has to be on the back of others. I can tell you that our business has grown through all of this exponentially. But you know, the beauty of it, like that doesn't mean that there's more money in my pocket. What it means is now I'm able to hire more people I'm able to like, I'm able to further the economy by bringing, cause I don't like, I don't need any more, like we, we're great, right? Like, but I'm able to now bring on more people. I'm able to bring more people into this, um, into this network or into this culture, right? That stimulates the economy. Like, like just because I win, more people are winning. So it's interesting, like the 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 framework of you know the the first will be last, last will be first. I can tell you that the greatest successes in my life were a direct result of the greatest losses in my life. Mm. Uh, that you know, it's really it's really simple and easy to sing on a Sunday morning. Um, you know, Bonhoeffer in the Cost of Discipleship talks about this idea of cheap grace, and. we've become very accustomed to the idea of of a a very very cheap grace that we we sing these very casual songs on sunday mornings of you know like i just want to lose my life to find it no you don't (laughs) nobody actually wants to do that nobody actually wants to lose everything yeah um i i got I, i went very very what we would call prodigal i turned away from god when i stepped out of ministry just because of the the amount of trauma that I walked through in a short period of time, right? I went through a very, very public divorce as a pastor. I, uh, I mean, I'm happily remarried, have an amazing family, but that that season was very, very painful. And in the midst of that, I lost eight family members and friends, right? Like wow. all tragic. I mean, we're talking, like, like, tr- like tragic, 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 murder, suicide, wow. overdose, um, death by like sexual misconduct like of of an infant like we're talking dark things Mm. and i prayed all the right prayers josh like i was i was leading every like this doesn't this isn't this doesn't compute doesn't compute yeah things are supposed to be things are supposed to go go, i'm supposed to win all this, this is supposed to be good and i recognized that I was, I was modeling everything off of this idea that we've constructed that do all the right things, win all the time, mm. everything has to be a win, right? My greatest wins have come off the back of some of the most extreme loss I've ever experienced. Yeah. And I think if people could understand like, Sometimes the win isn't like oh somebody else loses. The win is found in your loss. Yeah. The, the beauty about the the house of cards that you've built being burned down to the ground is at least now you can see the beauty of creation. You see the stars now. <laughs> like we 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 have to understand that there's. Well, and I think yeah, this, this frame of like, in order for me to win, you have to lose. No, like in 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 order for me to win. I have to lose.
1: Well, and and right there. Okay. So I I moved to Colorado, right? And right now in Colorado, there are, or were, we just got rain for the first time. And like, it's been a drought, like one of the worst droughts in history out here, huge, huge fires, massive forest fires going on right now. Right. Hundreds of thousands of acres burning, um, you know, in, in there. Uh, and so. Very, very smoky. Can't really see the clouds, you know, mm-hmm. warnings or whatnot. And what's interesting is I went and I started Googling. and I started looking into the fires and I started looking into the different things. And I've heard this analogy before, but I forgot it until I actually read it here literally within the past like two weeks. And like all these forest fires are happening and, and burning through just massive destruction. And people are like, oh, you know, freaked out about everything. And uh, I was reading this article by, you know, the scientist guy that was going through and he's a big environmentalist and everything like that. And he's like, fires are, are tragic and they do burn down a lot. But he goes, you know, what's super, super interesting is there's a large majority of trees that are in these forests that are burning right now that the only way that their seeds are able to break out is they have to be burnt off. And almost like it was like 70 or 80 percent of all disease in the forest dies in a fire. And most of the fires don't actually burn all the trees, they burn everything off of them, but the tree still stands. And so when these fires come through, it looks terrible, it looks awful, but give it two or three years. And in two or three years from now, you will see incredible amounts of new growth that is healthy, incredible amounts of disease gone and new trees that literally couldn't be able to grow until they were literally burned, that the seeds were burned out of the protective coating that was on them. And he goes, and when you look at it in that format, it brings a lot of hope and a lot of of, of positivity around something that seems to be so negative when hundreds of thousands of acres are just burning and burning and burning, right? It's like, it's literally making way for the next realm of, of growth that's in there. And so when you look at it that way when you understand it and you talk about this is like, sometimes you must go through the fire. You must go through. And sometimes, sometimes, guess what? That means publicly losing everything. But a lot of times, a lot of times, it's your own personal fires. A lot of times it is going through and going through the absolute fire of, of personal development, of of facing your demons, of going back and making rights wrong and going through just tremendous mental and personal growth that, that pressure, that resistance that you have to burst through, that's your fire. And when you yeah. look at it that way, and when you go and if you're a, a black person right now, you're going through fire with everything that's going on with the, you know, the cops. If you're a cop, you're going through your fire. If you're a Republican, you're going through your fire. We're all going through these different fires. And while we're burning, we're trying to yell at the other person and we're trying to go through, not realizing, hey, we're all going through these fires. And if we focus yeah. on getting rid of the crap in our thing rather than spreading our fire to somebody else that's already going through their own, yeah. then everything would be better. I think it's fascinating what you said right there. It's like, cause I walked away from the church for about a year, year and a half as well mm-hmm. um, with it. But it's like going through that fire when I lost my brother in a helicopter crash, right? Like I, I've, you know, experienced not anything near to that level, but my own thing of loss. And the thing that I have to keep reminding myself of is like, I cannot compare my story, my journey, my life to somebody else's, right. but my life, my story, my journey, when I'm living, the best version of myself can allow somebody else to latch onto that growth, that encouragement, that message and and grow with me.
0: That's it. And, and, and you know, pain, pain feels the same. Yeah. Right? So, so there, there are ways in which I share my story. I don't share it all at once because you know, in, in storytelling, in marketing, in we have this, what we got like this relative threshold of pain, right? So there's a way in which we can share our story without getting too deep because if the trauma gets to be too much, people disassociate and they say, Oh, well, but my, it's, it's, it's like the kid at camp who was like, well, but my parents always loved each other. And I just, I guess I shouldn't feel distant from God because this person was addicted to meth at nine years old and they had this amazing testimony and they're on the stage and they're telling their story. And it's so crazy. And I'm over here. I've just always grown up in church and everybody like, I just, I shouldn't feel this way. So in sharing our story we're not minimizing the story of somebody of others. Right. And uh, what you said was, was beautiful to say, like, everybody's house right now is on fire. And what's fascinating is, uh, and I think what's really humbling is I think we're all, you know, when, when we get angry, we we move out of the you know the frontal cortex. We move into the limbic system, and then we move down into the amygdala when we get into yep. fight or flight. Yep. And so much of this feels like we're operating out of that, where logic, creativity, solution, problem solving—we're just in survival mode. And solutions aren't made in survival mode, not for the long term. Um, and they're not just supposed to be. No, no, that's not that's not the point. We're. It feels like we're all fighting for the same idea, which is what we feel is right. But we're so politicized and we're so driven by being right that we can't recognize that our neighbor's house is on fire and they're struggling to put it out as much as we are.
1: Yeah. And we see the front of their house. And we see the social media version of their house and it looks like a For mansion. Sure. And then you don't realize yeah. that the back half of their house is on fire. And then you come along and go, Well, your life is perfect. Let me burn it down. And then you light the front half of their house on fire. And now their whole life's on fire.
0: Well, and that's the, <laughs> you know, the the biggest way that I've been able to grow what we'll we'll just call it the influence that I have and to be able to speak at the places that I do and walk alongside the individuals that I do. Is by sharing the not so glamorous side, yeah, right, of of being able to step in and say, you know, I don't need to one up anything. I don't need to. Um, I don't need to prove that I'm right. Like so much of of healing can happen when we just sit down, and you know, uh, one of my we call it like on our taglines, right, is. We are, and I found this to be true as, as a youth pastor, I found this to be true as a pastor. Um, I find it especially true now in this interesting time of everything being, being navigated by through the lens of social media is that we, we are a people that are desperate to be known, but we are settling for being seen.
1: Wow, that's crazy. I've never thought of it that way before. That's deep. That's really true though. And there's yeah. so, oh man. Man, and that's a dangerous thing. Think about that. And you sacrifice being known for being seen. Yeah. And, and you don't problem- even know yourself. People don't even know it, themselves.
0: That, and and that's, the, that's the very real problem is, is we equate our self-worth with what we're seen as. So now, what happens when again, like in 2007, 2016, uh, end of 2016, early 2017, like everything that I knew myself as pastor, husband, full time dad, worship pastor, all of these things, like it was all gone.
1: Gone. Oh, your well, world left was like
0: wrecked. What, 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 like, what am I? this is all I've ever done. Like I've, I've been a, I've been in ministry since I was 19. Like I'm now in my thirties and I'm like, and I recognized very early on how many people in this sphere. And you know, when I, when I first started the coaching and consulting side, it was, and embraced the lines, the name of the company. Uh, I can remember three months in, I got asked to speak, which was really cool. And uh, I'm standing backstage with uh, with a guy named Tom Bilyeu who found. Oh,
1: frick. Yeah. I love uh,
0: Tom. And he's like, so, so what's your game, man? What do you do? And at this time, like I was, I was simply walking alongside pastors who had experienced trauma like I had, because we don't talk about it. I I had five pastor friends that had taken their own life in the past over the past three years. Like that was my game. And, uh, and I said, I, I just, I, I help pastors take guns out of their mouths. And he's like, And typical taunt, like I, I I won't use the (laughs) expression. Bro, that's deep. That's effing deep, bro. That's real. And I I recognize that, that we create this facade where we need to be in ministry. I created it, like you didn't know behind the scenes that i was drinking every night to try and cope with this idea that i needed to be perfect all the time i was working way too much trying to prove myself to people that didn't actually care like we create this idea that that everybody on the net cares (laughs) they're too busy trying to to convince themselves that you care like we're all in this game of being seen meanwhile nobody can say hey like i'm drinking way too much um I've put a gun to my head, like the past, like I've written notes. I'm trying to figure out like, what am I going to, like, I don't want my family to find me. I don't want to let my clients down. I don't want to let my church down. I don't want to let people, I don't want to let my family. I don't like, I don't know what that's going to look like. They don't have enough money to sustain themselves, but I can't keep living this way. But tomorrow I'm going to post that. Like I'm loving life and everything's good. I'm going to get up on church on Sunday morning. I'm going to preach, you know, I'm going to preach my guts out. I'm going to, I'm going to get those likes comments and shares. I'm going to get up on stage and I'm going to deliver the keynote, right? Like I'm going to get everybody in my challenge. I'm going to help change the world. And meanwhile, my world is falling apart. Why? Because I don't have, I don't have, I have the awareness that I need to be known, but I, I don't know who I can trust. And so for me, I've just become this person who for so many, you know, I've got a group of 4,300 guys that I walk alongside. Um, there's no ego, there's no you know, swinging, there's none of that. It is, I need you to know me, I need you to know me at the core of who I am. Yeah. And I need you to see who I can become and I need you to know who I can become and I need you to remind me because so many times I have amnesia based on the experience of my past, based on the actions that I'm still taking in, based on the addictions that I'm struggling to overcome. And I can't let the world know this, Can somebody walk alongside me? You know, the things that we're trying to do, and I think that everybody is looking for, there's three questions that everyone's trying to answer. Use this. One, is it possible? Mm. Two, do I have permission? Three, will you go with me? Mm. And all of the areas of leadership that I've walked alongside people, being a father and being a husband, that's it. Is it possible? And and, and you know it's really interesting. Sorry,
1: let me finish that. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say what was super interesting about that too is I think that you know for me especially I know this in my life it was like I felt like if I admitted that there was a problem if I came out and was like hey I'm struggling here that it somehow took away from the fact that I was still talented and potential like it's like we don't want to admit it because we think that for some reason if we admit it then that takes away uh our ability to to be be great right if we admit that we're struggling if we admit that we're weak and so my brother died at the beginning of last year Uh, helicopter crash left behind a a pregnant wife and a five-year-old son wrecked my life right wrecked my life I sold my business I got on a trip I mean I got on a plane and with my girlfriend and we flew around the world right like Australia and Philippines and Hawaii and like and during that time I was so lost and like I I have a presence online that I've been pretty real with. And so the people that had been following me knew that I was struggling, knew that I was searching, but like to not, to not that extent. Right. And I, I will never forget. I, I came back. Um, Leah got sick in the Philippines with an intestinal eating parasite. We had to cancel our month. Yeah. We were six hours from an airport. Then the nearest wow. emergency room was a, a car. I mean, a, a piece of plywood, with a, a foam about like this. The doctors had flip-flops on. There's ants crawling up the wall. The wow. toilets do not have toilet seats on them. Like that's the emergency room over there. Wow. And my girlfriend's like about, to, like literally has an intestinal eating parasite, right? Yeah. And so like I'm sitting there, I'm like, all right, we gotta we gotta get her home. We're six yeah. hours from an airport. She can't sit up straight. Like it's real bad. Cost of like $10,000 to get home. And like I, I get home and like I'm sitting there and it's like around Christmas time. It's the end of last year. And I'm like, I know that there is greatness inside of me, right? Like I know that I have the potential to go out and change the world, even if it's only my world. I know that I'm talented, but I know that I am too dang scared to face my demons, to face the fears of the things that are holding me back from that. And I know that until I go and face those demons in the face, until I go and I put those things out there, that I'm never gonna get to where I need to be. And it wasn't yeah. until I found someone, and one of the things that you said there that was like so key, like jumped out at me was, we don't trust anybody enough to share it with them. We don't trust anybody enough to open up because we're like, crap, if I share it with my wife or my girlfriend or my husband or my you know my boyfriend, like that all of a sudden that they're gonna think differently. If I share it with right. my parents, then they're not gonna love me. If I share it with my audience, they're gonna turn away from me. And so it's like this deep, dark place And it's like, we're all looking to be understood. We're all looking to do that. But first, first, we have to come to grips in reality to understand that, listen, where you're at and what you're going through right now doesn't define you. It is simply where you're at and what you're going through. And for me, it was Katie Richardson, who was the ultimate person. And I shelled out 60 grand to be able to go and find someone that I trusted enough. And not everybody has that, but one, like, you've got to find someone, you've got to find someone and you've got to humble yourself. And it was my ego. You talked about it, my ego, my pride that was like, I can't share this because then I would look bad. You got to swallow that ego. You got to shoot that pride in the head and you got to go, no, I'm going to open up. I'm going to be open and vulnerable with somebody. And I've got to start there because until you do that, like you said, you're gonna have a gun in your mouth. You're going to want to kill yourself. And it's, and it's that, but I've got this in my face 24 seven telling me that everybody else's life is perfect except for mine.
0: Sure. And I, I think what you, what's, what's very interesting about this is that after walking alongside people for so long, I can say with certainty that everyone is facing a battle in some way. And while we do a really, really good job of, Masking our imperfect lives with perfect filters. That if we want to take like some real practical steps toward this, you know, one of the things that I have my clients do every day is to text gratitude and to check in with people. Mm. I text three people every single day, and uh, I have a, a group of friends. Right, that's uh, it's small. I don't need a lot of friends. I just need good friends. Um, we check yeah, in for every real. single. We check in every single week. They know. They know me intimately, right? Like e- enough to make fun of each other. Enough to be there when the house of cards feels like it's going to fall. Uh, one of my best friends in the whole world, Keith Yaki. He's. Uh, oh no he way! Has, oh dude, like, I, one of my. I know best who friends. Keith is. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So he uh, he sent me a, a, a video message the other day, like a text. Cause he's getting ready to go down to, uh, to hang out with some of our buddies over at TNF um, Taylor Welch and some others. And
1: we love Taylor. Welch. I just had Fred Smith
0: on the podcast too. He used to. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. So he, he sends me messages like, Hey bro, uh, I'm going to Nashville. I need to know like, where's the best place to uh, get costume jewelry. And like, so they always give me crap about all my rings and stuff. I like there are days like I'll wear more rings than your Southern Baptist grandma at a supper club. That's so funny. uh, but that kind of hey, man, I'm really struggling, or I've got friends who, you know we we stay sober together, right? So like I haven't had a drink of alcohol in since Christmas of last year. so like two hundred and fifty four days or something. Nice. And uh, do, do I think that everybody needs to not drink? Nope. Right, if you if you can handle yourself, like for me, I just recognized that I was trying to elevate every situation with alcohol, and when you elevate everything, nothing is
1: elevated. nothing elevated.
0: Exactly, then you gotta have alcohol. And and you know I recognized that this was a coping mechanism and it was really holding me back, and it was a problem. So I got help for that problem. And in sharing about having that problem, hey guys, like here's what you didn't know as a pastor is that I struggle with closet alcoholism. Wait, what? Yeah. What you didn't know is that I would be playing bars on Saturday night and coming in leading worship on Sunday. Right? Like I, I, I. We've got to talk about this. Yeah right? We've got to talk about depression. I, I go to counseling every week. you have got to talk about depression and anxiety. We've got to talk about the isolation that happens both in the ministry. And we've got to talk about the isolation that happens as an entrepreneur. We've got to talk about the isolation that happens as someone on a public platform, right? I always say that the, the pulpit was preparation for the platform that God called me to. And maybe some of your listeners can relate to that. But uh-huh. if we don't Good. address the platform for what it is, regardless of spiritual or non-spiritual realm, like, it will isolate you out of your need to perceptively be perfect. 100%. And if you don't find a system of checks and balances, if you don't recognize that none of us are perfect and none of us have it all figured out, we might just be a couple steps ahead. Like If we don't recognize that there is a need to be fully seen, to be fully known, and most importantly, to be fully loved, like we're setting ourselves up for failure, for burnout, for, Closet addictions for and scandal. Not, and not
1: and not by the audience, not by Instagram. No, no
0: you will by, you by will come human. to your own demise. Yeah. By another you will, like, so th- my whole tagline is is helping powerful, influential, purpose-driven men and women not sacrifice their soul on the altar of their success. That's, yeah,
1: that's incredible. That's incredible. Cody I feel like we could talk for many hours ever. Yeah. We're, <laughs> yeah, I, I, w- I want to continue this conversation. I yeah. unfortunately have a hard cutoff, but Let's go. Here, here's, Cut the it off. here's the deal. We are going to resume this conversation. We're going to have you back on. I'll, I'll, t- I'll text you. This was, it was incredible. And I feel like, um, I feel like we have, we have a connection here and I feel like we're just scratching Absolutely. the surface of, uh, some really, really good conversation. Um, I yeah. had, you know, Paul van bloom. Of course I do. Paul's yeah. just a man, right? I had yeah. him on here for about an hour and a half as well. And I feel like there's there's a, a couple of people, who, uh, you sit down, you have a conversation with them. you're like, cool, now let's block off three hours.
0: Right, and I feel or like, hey, let's rent a cabin and let's all go create something really cool. Yeah, yeah,
1: or or <laughs> rent a cabin and go create some podcast episodes together. Absolutely. Like, like I, I think I, we, this needs to happen. I think you have a, a tremendous amount of wisdom and uh, a tremendous amount of, of life experience around this. And one of the things that I, I appreciate about like you and what you said is i'm sh- i'm sure you and i don't agree on everything but like uh i i do know that we're both committed to uh being better and and Absolutely. calling other people to be better and and, and learning and learning, learning. and growing yeah. and 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 yeah. and helping one another and and understanding that there are no limits in this life right there yeah. there's there's more than enough money there's more than enough you know supplies there's more than enough resources it's just a matter yes. of going and being intentional about using those and uh we'd, i'd love to have you back on so so we'll do it love again it. we'll do it again for sure but uh in the Wait. meantime i do we, we do got to wrap it up here um Let's i, I want to ask you a couple rapid fire questions here these are a little bit more lighthearted. i haven't done this in a while um right. but i'm like all right now nah, I, I really got to be curious about this um really quickly who's your who's the most interesting person that you've ever met in your life my wife
0: really Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, her her her, her life is it's it's fascinating. Do you ever, like, so? You,
1: do you get to just try to figure her out?
0: No, you listen. If there's one thing that I've learned in my thirty six years, is that you will never figure women out. <laughs> um, so. That's, that's not a, that's a dead end. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's, that's probably
1: true though. Especially for men,
0: yeah. and, you know, and, uh, you know, like we if there's more like my kids as well, especially Aubrey, who's biologically not mine, but just the way that her brain works mm. as someone who is she's special needs, like it's, you could talk to her for hours and you just still only get a glimpse of like how she thinks.
1: Yeah. I'm fascinated with the human mind. So that's super, super cool. Okay, cool. Cool. Uh, what's one, yeah. What's one bucket list item on your, in your bucket list that you want to achieve or do by the end of your life that you haven't done yet?
0: Ooh, yeah. $10 million to autism research.
1: Oh, that's that. See, that's, I love goals like that. $10 million to autism research. I love that. Okay. Um, if you could go back in your life, and tell yourself something when you were 20 years old or your advice to the 18 year old. I know it's a cliche question, but I find a lot of wisdom in it. Mm -hmm. What's that piece of advice to that 18 year old, that 20 year old self, or just in general, that 20 year old, 18 year old of, uh, from what you've learned over the past 36 years, you said?
0: Yeah, risk more. Risk more. Risk more. uh, I'm a guy who for a long time played everything really, really safe and relied on my talent and my charisma. And there's nothing more dangerous, there's nothing more dangerous to a man's potential than natural talent and charisma. Huh?
1: Yeah. We're going to have like a three hour conversation about that right there. Go. I can't wait for that. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, two more questions for you. Um, okay. one, Oh wait, hold on That's the last one I wanted to do. Um, what does it take to be successful?
0: Uh, a willingness to learn, a willingness to apply, and uh, humility. Willingness to learn, a willingness to apply, and humility. Yeah. I love it. Because knowledge is only potential. Yeah, power. I saw your podcast like, so we, about that. We, yeah. have to, yeah, we have to be able to, we have to apply it.
1: Yeah, knowledge so. is pot- What did you say? Knowledge is potential power. Knowledge mm-hmm. applied is power. It's only, only, it only becomes power if it's applied. And I think that's really, really deep. Okay. Last question I have for you. And I am very disappointed that we have to wrap up this podcast episode, but we're, we're doing it again. Um, you're at the end of your life. Fast forward, you're on your deathbed. Okay. Uh, all of your fame, money, success, impact, everything gone, disappeared, vaporized. You're a nobody. However, every single person that you have touched and impacted in your life, either directly or indirectly, you get to leave them with one final message or word of advice.
0: What's that message or word of advice? Every single one of you is is the reason. What do you mean? The reason for everything that I've done in my life, right? Uh, I believe that God has put me on this earth to influence and to impact and to bring about radical compassion and 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 coupled with radical accountability. And so, for me, it would be you guys are the reason. So. It is up to you to carry this on. Mm.
1: Mm. Cody Jefferson, everybody. Cody, thank you so much for your time, dude.
0: Gosh, thanks for yours.
1: Yeah, man. It's, it'll be fun. We're going to get to know each other. Yeah. We're going to have lots of more fun, especially, if, you, man, some of the p- names that you were dropping here of the worlds that we're, we're both in. It's like, I can't believe it's been so long since it's, for us to do this. Dude, we'll be back. Just the beginning. We'll be Let's back. Go. Cody, thank you so much for your time. Guys, this is Ben, Cody Jefferson on Think Different Theory, the man, the myth, the Mark Wahlberg looking legend himself. <laughs> thank you so much for your time, man, guys. As always, hustle, hustle. God bless you. Not be afraid to think different because those of us that think different are gonna be the ones that change the world literally. And I mean that with every fiber of who I am. I love you all. And I will see you on the next episode. Take it easy, fam. Peace. <laughs>